Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Blue Jays Way podcast. I am your host, Chris Barton, and as always, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Tyler Prosick. Tyler, how's it going today? Finger guns. Uh, pretty good. Um, you know, Jays are Jays are doing pretty well so far this year. You know, pitchers are doing well. Everybody's you know healthy to them for the most part. There's a couple guys that are should be returning soon, but overall, pretty good. You know, working, golfing watching baseball life's good yeah you bring up a good point about the pitching and i think that's where we're going to start with the uh, boston series because while you know it's seemed like the jays love to play their close games this year and they love to you know blow the sweep opportunity in the last game of the series for the most part this year the they played a great series at fedway park i guess now last week mm-hmm and it was one that was, I think, capped off by the fact that Kevin Gosman pitched probably one of the best games we've seen a Blue Jay pitch in the last like year and a half, arguably. Mm-hmm. He was dominant through the lineup and pitched what was officially eight in the third innings. No, he didn't. He let a single first at bat, so just eight straight. So eight straight innings, and then he went in for the third, gave up the single, and then Joe Romano almost blew it. But, you know. But he didn't. He didn't. Close. So maybe we'll just get your thoughts on that start and then thoughts maybe on Gosman to, in general. And then we can go more into this, the Boston Red Sox series. Yeah, I think Ross Atkins masterclass, uh, Robbie Ray to the Mariners. Uh, nothing against Robbie Ray. He gave us the best year of his career to this point, And it was unreal and so exciting last year. Um, but Gosman has been not... It's not like he's been – he's exceeded expectations is what I'm saying, is what I'm trying to say to this point. He's been sharp, uh, you know, a little shaky in that first Texas start, but as were pretty much every pitcher in the league uh, in, in their first start. Um, but he's just been lights out, and he's faced the Red Sox twice already this year, and he's dominated them both times. Um, it's a combination of that splitter is, you know, arguably the best pitch in baseball. They just can't hit it guys can't hit it uh his fastball velocity is up which is helping a splitter work he's mixing in a a slider that he doesn't really use very often in the past he's mixing in it a lot now um he's just been sharp he's just you know striking out guys when he needs to strike out he's he's commanding the games uh the way he wants them uh to work so it's it's been just so impressive to watch and it doesn't matter who what who, what, where team we're going against. I feel like from this point on, and this I would include Manoa and Barrios for the most part in this question or in this statement, it doesn't matter who we're facing. They're going to have a good game. That's just what, that's just how I feel every time one of those guys goes in the mountain. And even Ross Stripling has been exceptional to start the year. He's, you know, he's pitched some great games so far. Um, the rotation's been great. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, as of recording, it's Friday, April 29th. Uh, Hopefully Kikuchi can have a good game against the Astros tonight. He's, you know, been a little up and down, but overall Gosman and Manoa Barrios, they're just, they've been exceptional. They've been everything we've needed from the starting rotation to start the year, especially with guys like, you know, Ryu going down after a shaky start, um, Teoscar going out, uh, Vladdy, you know, had to sit out the other day or yesterday with the, he fouled a pitch off his foot and got an off day. Things like that, things where your regulars aren't in the lineup, your pitching will decide if you win that game. Because, you know, every team can, most teams can score one, two, three runs. And the pitching staff as a whole, bullpen included, has been just exceptional. Yeah, I think, you know, you bring up a good point. And, you know, I don't want this to sound like, you know, the Jays won't be an offensive force. But, you know, they haven't been so far this year. It's just statistically true they just haven't been an offensive force this year they've won games because of the improvement in the bullpen and the rotation i think if barrios takes it to the next level kind of like what gosman and manoa has because i agree if you brios has been good but i think he still has more then it's gonna be really scary to face this jays team when you know three out of the five days you're gonna have a tough matchup on the mound yeah like i don't know any team that would want to face those three in a series when they're on their best and healthy. And I think that's going to be interesting. I think, 
you see how much Charlie, um, you know, understands how these pitchers work because, you know, through, like we just said, that game where, you know, he lets Gosman pitch into the ninth inning. Obviously, he doesn't get an out, but he pitches in the nine innings for the Jays, which is crucial because this bullpen has been used a lot in this first month of play. And then also, like, Manoa going seven innings in last or yesterday afternoon's game. Like, he's letting these guys go deep because they're pitching well. And I think, you know, to maybe move it to Manoa, because Manoa also had a great start in Houston. And maybe we can sidetrack to Houston unless you have anything else you want to bring up about Boston, Tyler. Um, I just think that, you know, he's been making guys look silly all year. And it's and it's with that changeup. I think that changeup has been a great pitch for him so far this year that he's introduced. I think, you know, in the past, it's kind of been easy for, you know, batters to kind of pick up what he's trying to do because of you know he only had those three pitches but now with that fourth pitch that he can throw in there every once in a while and the third time in the lineup just drop in that change up like I don't know if you watched the game yesterday Tyler but there was a couple of Red Sox just were dumbfounded by that change up and they would just swing right over top of it and that's that's what you want out of a change up and that's what you want out of Manoa it's just for him to go seven innings every time out can we expect him to only give up one run in three starts? I think that's a little bit much. But if he keeps on doing this, I'd argue that he's one of the best pitchers in the American League right now. And I'd argue that he's going to be an all-star by the all-star break. Like, if he can keep this up through June and even a little bit into July, like, at below a two ERA, how is he not on the all-star team? Mm Mm-hmm. I still think he was snubbed for the American League Rookie of the Year last year, personally. I, if he played a full season, for sure. But I think he needed, uh, or yeah, he needed a, little, a few more innings under his belt to be considered for it. Or he definitely deserved a few more votes, though, I think. I, I think, but it's kind of dumb because he played since May. So he played the whole season except for one month. And we know what uh, the service system, uh, you know, shenanigans are. So yeah. I doubt he was going to come up to join the team from day one mm-hmm. because we've rarely seen that except for with uh, with Junior in Kansas City because Kansas City desperately needs help. Yeah. So they did that. But yeah, I don't know. Like it just, it just like, it's kind of interesting to see how Manoa, who I don't want to say he was a side thought to Jays fans, but he wasn't like our number one prospect in the pool come out to be, arguably one of the better pitchers in baseball right now besides Syndergaard and at least in the American league because Syndergaard's also been playing well for the angels, which we'll touch on later, but I don't know, man. Like it's just kind of crazy to see him like evolve. Well, not even evolve. Like I was talking to you yesterday and the fact that Manoa's 20 and five when he takes them out for the Jays. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and that's all you need. Yeah. Like, no, for sure out of a pitcher that's all you need is like for a guy to get you you know two-thirds of your wins every mm-hmm. time you go out there and you know maybe that's also on the guys helping him out but for most part it's just his pitching which has been spectacular and i think you know we can't talk about his legal situation but shout out Pete walker because he just does a good job with the pitching staff and i think that's the reason why we see young pitchers like manoa and then even going back to like when Stroman and Sanchez were in the organization have success because of, you know, Pete Walker being the pitching guru he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with with Manoa, that you're right, mixing in that fourth pitch, that changeup is huge for him, and that's how great pitchers become great. Is like all the best pitchers in the league have adapted to hitters um, as their careers have rolled on, and Manoa is obviously only into his second year in in the major leagues but he's already making adjustments which shows like elite potential is the ability to make adjustments and make them well and he's done it he's you know he's added in that pitch he's sharpened his slider even more um which is just a devastating pitch for both lefties and righties um which is which is huge um that's that's how he can get you know six seven eight innings each each game is with you know these these pitches that he keeps improving and improving um and it's just 
it's so great to see such a strong rotation because you need that to get deep in, in the postseason in in into the playoffs period. Um, it's just awesome. And, and when you have guys like Manoa, Gosman, Barrios, even Stripling seems like he can go deeper now. Hopefully Kikuchi can start, you know, hitting his stride when they're going seven, six, seven, eight innings per game that saves your bullpen health. And that saves your bullpen to be fresh all year long. And that's how you keep the bullpen healthy and sharp is your starters go deep and the bullpen does not need to work as much as, you know, they would, they would have last year before the all-star break, before we got, you know, Barrios and he was going seven innings a game. Um, And now Manoa has so much trust from, from management and the bench and Charlie that he can go seven, eight innings like when he's when his pitch pitch count is getting higher, they have the trust that that changeup will be working, that slider will be working, the fastball will be, you know, commanded well in the zone. All these things contribute to a successful 100 win team. And I think that's where the Jays have their their sights set on right now is, you know, getting getting well past 95 wins. Um because, you know, they were hurt from it last year. You can clearly tell everyone on the team does not want to waste any single game this year. And that, that was just proven in that, you know, the 10-inning the game with the Red Sox this past week. They, they just they don't want to give any wins away. They want to win as many games as possible. And it's just it's amazing to see. It's the first time I've seen it with a Jays team that I've, you know, been tracking. And it's it's just awesome to see, so especially so early in the year that we're trying so hard to win every single game. It's just uh, really, really great. And before we transition into anything, shout out Ghostgate Kato for his first MLB hit. For his walk-up song, too. Oh, my God. Rick- he rickrolling the entire Rogers Center. <laughs> well, it's funny because I guess no one looks at the uh... – at the walk-up music playlist because every MLB team releases it before the season for every player, all the options they have because MLB has to approve it, obviously. Mm. And uh, it was on there. Like I saw it like after like the first series, I always like kind of just curious to see what music every player's into. Yeah. And I saw Gosuke Kato had Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. I was like, oh, when he makes his first at-bat in the Rogers Center, that's going to be so funny. Just have that play over the loudspeaker. I was Sportsnet when when it was I was watching it on TV when Sportsnet broadcast is at bat. They turned up the volume on the on the walk up music so you could hear the so they could rickroll the entire uh, TV audience as well. It was it was hilarious. He's just such a likable guy and he's valuable too. His first game at first base in that I think it was the Red Sox series. He played great first base. Had a nice um, pick for that. To get that out, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the the chat, I think it was the Chapman throw. Yeah, the Chapman yeah. throw. It was just he's just playing. He's doing exactly what his role is, which is being a you know a good depth piece. It's it's just it's great to see and and good for him after you know over seven hundred games in the minors. It's just it's it's great to see for a guy like that. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I think we you just gave me a great segue to another point I want to talk about. And I know I brought it up quickly last episode, but I think now that we're more into the dog days of the season, we can talk about it a little bit more. And that's the fact that, um, you know, I don't want to say he's struggling, but he's not playing great offensively. And that's Matt Chapman. Mm. I think this, is, I think we can lump Matt Chapman and Bo Bichette into this category together in the sense that they're kind of struggling at the plate. And that's the big reason why this offense has been struggling. Doesn't I mean, to. they they have put up runs. I'm not saying that they haven't been, but like when we looked at this team at the beginning of the year, Tyler, I think we both said that offense was going to be this team's strength. Mm-hmm. You no, know, putting the bat on the ball and putting it into the into play and out of the field into the seats for a home run was going to be this team's specialty and what was going to make this team successful. Am I pleasantly surprised that it's pitching? Yes, but I think that still leaves questions for, you know, what's going on with Chapman? Should we expect that what we saw last year is the new norm in the sense that he's going to be a 250 hitter and strike out 250 times a season? Mm -hmm. Possibly. You know, I mean, he's walked into a couple home runs, but... I, I don't know, personally for me, I'd rather see him be more of a, like a contributor without the home run 
than just yeah. be a guy that you're looking up there and you're like, well, he's either going to hit a home run right now or he's going to strike out. Like, cause that's what he's been right now. I think his, his, his actually bat to ball contact this season has been really low. I have to double check with fan graphs on that. But I think that, you know, overall him and Bo have just been like, it's not even like, I think it's an understatement to say they've been struggling. They've been really struggling this year to put the bat on the ball. That's going to hurt us even more when you look at, you know, Vlad possibly being out for a couple games with his foot issue, even though, you know, Charlie Montoya says it's not a big deal and that he'll be fine. I still think, you know, you got to wonder. And obviously, Teo might come back after the series against the Astros, which will help us out dramatically. But with both those guys not clicking, like, your main guy at that point is Springer. He's the only guy in the lineup. If Vlad's not in, that's really clicking right now. And I guess you, I, I guess I shouldn't uh, slander es- Espinal right now, Santiago Espinal. He's really taken over as the everyday second baseman for the Jays, which shed out me on the on the over under episode for saying that he'd get sixty five starts at second base. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be way over, way over. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> I just... Hey, man, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised. He's been hitting really good. I think he's the reason why we've scored the runs that we have. He's been one of the great contributors this season so he's far. Playing, yeah. He's playing really good small ball. Like he's getting doubles and singles at, you know, at very good times. That's just helping the team. And not trying to disparage the man, but I think I kind of want some of our other guys that we're paying more money and think of more highly to be the guys to step up more mm-hmm. as opposed to relying on him. And, yeah. you know, hey, Bo's been talking a big game about his contract and about how much money he wants. Mm-hmm. And he deserves big money, but show us that you can play big money. Show us that you can play through a tough stretch. Because he hasn't been playing with any consistency over the last, like even last year, he had really like deep canyons and really high peaks. Yeah, like he, if, he's... If he, he's mm-hmm. He needs to stay consistent. Yeah. And just, just to point out Santiago Espinel's stats, he has a 776 OPS right now, which is pretty good. 10 mm-hmm. RBIs, three stolen bases, two home runs, 262 batting average. Obviously, you know, not ground-shaking numbers, but, like, he's hitting good. Like, if you're hitting the 270s in this age of baseball, you're doing a good job. Yeah, You're doing fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Maybe we should have expected it out of him because he's hit for his career over 400 at-bats, 294. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's hit two of his four career home runs this year already. Yeah, he's a good hitter. I think that's because of how much he's been bulking up over the offseason. He's given himself a little bit more oomph, a little bit more power. But yeah, him and and Tapia at times have really stepped up and given us great at-bats. And -hmm. that's the reason why our offense is good. Um. The one game I do want to talk about from the Astros series, because I know we haven't really specifically talked about the Astros series, is uh, the extra innings game to end off the series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I really blame Romano for that scenario, for blowing that game. I think it's more on the fact of, you know, Minute Maid Park's not a pitcher's ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize how close the craw uh, the crawfish boxes or whatever they're all they're called are. How small the... of a ballpark it is. Yeah, I thought it was so much bigger than it is, but it's it's just as far as Fenway, and the wall is much shorter. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that. That was the only run Alex Manoa has given up all year is a home run to the Crawford's box, yeah. which is like a, the cheapest home run in baseball, basically. Yeah. yeah. But sorry, I had to not a plug, but I had to get my juice up with a little Bobby Margarita. Are those good? I haven't tried them yet. They're good. They're good. Oh, good. Um, good. But I don't know, man. Like, I think, oh, by the way, Bob, if you're listening to this, I know you're a big baseball guy. Sponsor, Sponsor. us. Please. Look, at, I'm already doing a good job of presenting your beautiful can. It is a nice can. Bobby Margaritaville. Anyways. Um, Getting back to the Astros series, I mean, they dominated the first two games of that series. Yeah. Yeah. I think they played really well, mm-hmm. considering that, you know, the Astros are like the team to beat 
as in the American League, as Tyler has said on Blue Jay Center, which yeah. shout out to you and Blue Jay Center. Thank you. Yes. Um, but but I don't know. Like they've looked, the Jays have looked really good in mm-hmm. that series, and I that gives me hope that because you know this this team obviously like there's World Series World Series contention possibility, mm-hmm. almost expectation you could say that they'll contend for a World Series. For sure. But for me, it's more, you know, what are they looking like in the season? And they're winning games, close games. Yeah, which is And that's what's important, exactly. That's what's important for the offseason. That's important for regular season. So I think we saw that in the Astros series. They won a couple close games. And, you know, obviously they blew the one extra inning game to the Astros. But... Sorry, when you have last at bat, it's it's easier to win those extra inning games. Like it's just yep. a fact. Yeah. So, um, Tyler, without with me saying that, what is your big takeaway from that series? From that, you know, that Houston's Astros series. Defense, defense, defense. The Jays played exceptional defense in that series, and that is huge for you know the team's success. Is you know last year. Our bullpen started off great and then got really, really bad. And a big part of that was also the defense. Bo was committing a lot of errors. Um, You know, Simeon was playing good defense all year last year. Um, Third base was always a question mark, always has been since we, until, of course, Chapman. Um, The left side of our infield, if there's a ground ball, it's almost always going to be an out. Like if there's a ground ball hit anywhere near, either Bo or Chapman, it is almost guaranteed to be an out. Um, They have been just amazing so far. Vlad is, you know, inching his way toward a career gold glove, possibly at one point in his career. Uh, He plays, you know, solid first base every time he's out there. Uh, Ghost K. Kato has been playing great first base when he's been out there. Um, Espinal has been exceptional at second base. He's been making, you know, all the routine plays he's been making diving catches. He's been, you know, keeping the ball in the infield has been playing. He's been playing right field in the shift and he's been playing it well. Um, you know, the outfield defense is going to get, I, this is weird to say, but it's going to get, um, you know, a lot stronger when um, Hernandez is back because Hernandez is comfortable in right field. And that puts Springer in center. And we all know how good Springer is in center field with that catch against the Red Sox this past week. Um, almost identical to his catch against the Mets last year. They've just been playing amazing defense, and that helps you. That adds wins to your game. Um, that'll improve the war. It'll improve, you know, for the individual players. It'll just improve the team. If you have good pitching, good defense, Charlie Montoya talks about it almost every single day, it will win you games. You can score two runs and win a game. That was seen yesterday. We scored one run. Manoa, exceptional, exceptional pitching and we win the game you know Manoa Simber Romano that's the perfect one two three game over kind of um combination it when when this team is pitching shutout games you know things are clicking and especially with one run like when the offense like you were talking about when the offense clicks it's over for the rest of the AL East like it's done when Hernandez is back, it's weird to say, but Jansen was just destroying the ball when he was when he started at the beginning of the year before he got hurt. When these guys, because the pitching staff is comfortable with Jansen as well, even more comfortable than they are with Kirk, who is also shout out to Kirk, been exceptional at defense to start the year. He's been framing pitches well. He's been, you know, I don't know if he's thrown anyone out yet, but he's just been commanding games really well from behind the plate, which is great to see from him. And as for the lineup, when Hernandez and Jansen get back, you know, and, and Vladdy's in there, of course, every day, like usual, um, that just deepens it so much more like we thought before. And I think, you know, you were talking about Chapman before and Bo, their shaky starts. When Hernandez is in that lineup, the lineup looks completely different, like completely different. It looks so much stronger. And Hernandez puts, you know, that many more uh, thoughts into a pitcher's head. How do I get this guy out? How do I get this guy out? And when Hernandez gets back, that frees up some some you know probable possible mistakes from opposing pitchers for Bo and Chapman to capitalize on, and that that's just going to be so good for the team. 
you know, May's rolling along. The Rogers Center is going to start to open soon when the temperature gets a little bit higher. Balls are going to start traveling more. The Jays are going to hit even more home runs. They lead the league in home runs right now with 26, I believe. Um, you know, April was a critical month, really critical month. We had tons of tough games. It, it's still coming up. You know, we got Houston again this week and the Yankees and then Cleveland. Uh, we go out to Cleveland for a road trip and then the Yankees again and then a trip to the Trop. All these series, you know, these teams are doing well. Cleveland's doing much better than I thought they were going to do this year. And, um, you know, the Jays are winning these kinds of games. And I'm just looking at the Cleveland series here. Our four pitchers in that series are Barrios, Gosman, Stripling, Manoa. When I can go into a series and assume we win each game with ease because of how good our pitching staff has been, like I, every game we go into, I'm assuming a win. And that's, that's where, from a fan standpoint, like the team just takes it from there. Like they just do their thing. And if they, if everyone on the team does what they're, what they were paid to do, which, you know, pitchers is to get deep in ball games, you know, our starting pitchers, um, we, we've paid a lot of money to, you know, Barrios, Gosman, uh, Manoa, when he gets a new contract in four or five years, holy moly, I do not want to see what that's going to be. Um, but, you know, this is like way in advance, but by that time, you know, Stripling or not Stripling, uh, Springer will be, you know, out of his contract with the Jays when Manoa needs a contract. So there, there'll be money when, when things roll around, but uh, holy moly, is this team good? So over you, that's a big contract. It's going to be coming off the books in the next year yeah. or so too. That's going to be helpful after next year. Um, yeah. This might be a hot take and I kind of want to backtrack to your defense um, topic that you're talking about for this team. And, you know, you can tell me if this is, you know, a hot take or not, but I honestly could see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wearing winning a gold glove, gold glove, sorry, at first base this year. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think uh, he's just gotta he's just gotta start the games. Like he's just gotta stay healthy, and I think he can win one for sure. I I think that we've seen him range back and make those nice catches in in foul territory. He's made really good scoops for the most part. Um, yeah, there's only one time I can think that maybe he could have played a ball a little better, and that's. Bo's really bad throw at a Fenway. But even then, that was kind of on Bo, not mm -hmm. him. And so you also have to consider the fact that Matt Olson's in the NL now. Yeah. So that, and, yeah. And I think that he's bailed out Bo more times than he's failed Bo. Like there's been a lot of balls in the dirt that Bo's thrown over and Vladdy's picked them. Yep. So I think, you know, it's kind of weird to see that, you know, two years ago we were talking about Vladdy's kind of almost this one-dimensional player as he's a bat that's his purpose that's what he's going to do mm -hmm. but now we're kind of seeing him as like he can run he's got a bat he can play really really good first base yeah like he's doing everything that an all-star should do and arguably an MVP should do mm -hmm. now it's just a matter if he if he can stay healthy because right now he has a 1,000 fielding percentage at first base yeah, I don't think anyone else in baseball. I mean, I have to double check that, but I don't think anyone else in baseball has a one thousand fielding percentage at first base. And last year he had a nine ninety three. Yeah, so it's not that far off. Obviously, he's gonna make mistake mistakes. Sorry, pardon the slip up, but I think that you know he should win a Gold Glove if he keeps this up. I've seen the plays. I've seen him move around first base. I think he's a Gold Glove first baseman in the American League. There's no doubt about it in my mind. As, I mean, it's going to be interesting, the gold glove race for first base and the NL with Olsen and Freddie Friedman over there. It's going to be battling out for that. But, yeah, man, like, it's just all respect to uh, Goste, Kato. But when Vlad's in the lineup and he's playing first base, I think this team's better, obviously. That's no sure. slight to Goste, Kato. It's just Vlad's a, a once-in-a-lifetime player and He's showing us why. Yeah, he's been, <laughs> you know, when it comes to gold gloves, you know, that's a pretty high honor for anyone. You know, Simeon got his last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year, Chapman gets another one. Um, I I wouldn't honestly wouldn't be surprised. Well, no, I would be surprised. But 
this team has the capability of winning four gold gloves, and that's all the infielders. Chapman's been exceptional. He always will be. Bo's been unreal to start the year. He only has two errors so far, I think. Pretty sure. Might be three now. Um, Espinal, if he starts every day and is playing second base, there's another one. And Vladdy has, you know, of course, like we've been talking about, um, the potential to do that as well. You have four infielders who, oh, and Danny Jansen's been nominated before. And Lourdes Gurriel has also been nominated for a gold glove. This team is good at defense and they only get better with age. Um, and it's, it's been great to see. And as you know, a casual baseball fan, you want to see home runs, you want to see doubles, you want to see extra base hits, you want to see all that stuff. And I love to see that stuff as well. But what I really love to see as I've gotten um, older and, and uh, you know, paid more attention to the nitty gritty of baseball, the, you know, the behind the scenes kind of stuff. When someone makes a great defensive play, for me, that feels almost as good as like a home run. Like it feels just as good. Or, you know, Gosman's almost complete game that like made my week. Like that was awesome. And it just, it's just so great to see all these guys, all these guys who are having fun while doing this. I know the media talks about it all the time. The Blue Jays love to have fun. They do, but they also love to win. Like all they want to do is win. Bo, Cavan, and Vladdy, when they came up through the minors, all they did was win. They won at every level they played at. And I think that now it's time to win at the MLB level. Yeah, I think that was a good way to sum up the Blue Jays and what they've done with these last couple of series. Um, but uh, quickly, before we move on to other MLB teams and other topics in that realm, I just want a little bit of a topic and a little bit of a preview. Obviously, we're facing the Astros again this weekend, and then we go on the road, like you were saying. What do you expect out of the Jays in these next two series before, you know, we get back on here next week and talk about the Jays again? Yeah, so it's likely we probably won't be talking again until right before the Cleveland series, the road trip. So, uh, the you know, we have Astros and then the Yankees. So, in this, if you if we can just keep winning each series, that'd be great. If we can get a sweep, that'd even be even better. Uh, Houston doesn't... Does it annoy you a little bit that they haven't been able to like, you know, get those sweeps this year that like they've been so close and they always fumble the bag on the last game. I think that if Teoscar's in the lineup, I think we'd be on a long win streak right now. Like if he's been playing every day, I think that, you know, like I was saying before, it frees up pitches for everybody else. And I think we'd be on a big win streak right now. Cause we won uh, four in a row, uh, two in Boston, two in Houston. We lost one in Houston and then one, obviously two in, uh, at Rogers Center against Boston, lost that third game and won last night or last uh, yesterday afternoon. So I think, like, if T. Oscar's in the lineup, we probably would have won the two games that uh, maybe that Houston game that we lost in extras. I think with T. Oscar in the lineup, you know, that could have been a win. And that yeah, I could, you could say that about any player. Um, but that's just how impactful he is on the lineup. Um, but coming into these next two series, I think if we can get Hernandez to return for the Cleveland road trip, that'd be great. But uh, as like I was saying, as for these next two series, we have a lot of favorable pitching matchups. Um, and, you know, Stripling, I feel, has been really good against the Yankees uh, dating back to last year. Um, and with the Yankees, we have, you know, righty, righty, lefty. Um, we, we do have to face Jameson Talion and... Uh, uh, I forget his first name, but Cortez, who just dominated us last game. Um, it's just going to be it's going to be a good series. We have obviously great pitching matchup. We've had great pitching to start the year. If we can click a little bit on offense more than we have before, that would, you know, obviously be great. And uh, to beat the Yankees who are rolling right now, um, we're going to have to score some runs. We can't rely on just pitching. Um so the offense is going to need to click there. And, you know, like I was saying, hopefully this weather can warm up a bit. The dome won't be open for any of these series likely. Um, but uh, if they can click a little bit more on the offense uh, and Bo can hit his stride, watch out. Like these next two series could be really fun. Regardless, they're going to be two great series against two great teams. Hate the Yankees, but, you know, can't deny that they're a good team. It's just, it's, it's going to be fun baseball to watch. So definitely anyone who's listening, watch these games. It's, it's going to be, going to be some good baseball. 
Yeah, exactly. I think you said all the points I was going to say in the sense that, that uh, I think the Yankee series is going to be a big series. I know it's kind of early to call series big series, but I think any series against the NL East this year is going to be a big series because you have to win those games. So, you know, that's the series I'm really circling on my calendar. And obviously, you know, the Astros are a good test. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this series and hopefully it goes to or, um Kosuke Kato can, you know, maybe get a couple more hits under his belt and so that, you know, we don't just have that one career hit for him. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But anyways, moving on to other MLB news. I think this happened a little bit ago, but I did want to bring it up because it's an interesting topic. And I do want to preface this by saying, yes, I understand. We are Blue Jays fans. This happened in 2015. I understand, you know, we're not all high and mighty and perfect. But I did want to bring up that in a game against the Guardians, I would say, isn't wasn't it about a week ago? Probably. About a week ago. Week I ago. knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. Um, the, the Yankees were playing the Guardians, and some fans decided to throw some beer cans at the uh, Cleveland Guardians outfielders. And obviously, they took exception to that and started getting pissed. And security had to you know, move them away from the the outfield concourse. Because if you've ever seen how uh, the new Yankees stadium is built, there's like a very shallow outfield where the fans, you know, obviously sit right up to where the players are, which, you know, is honestly something I kind of would want to see when they eventually build a new stadium for the Blue Jays. Because like how the outfield's set up in the Rogers Center, it's so high up. Yeah. It's not really close to the field. But, you know, anyways, it's a separate topic. Um so obviously this happens and, you know, creates a lot of backlash in the MLB community because, like, why are your fans doing this? Rightfully so. Uh, Tyler, just want your thoughts on it and, you know, just your opinions on it as, you know, obviously a neutral source because you're a Blue Jays fan. Yeah, from what I understand, uh, it was Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw who were in the middle of it. And I was reading that there was Yankees fans shouting, I don't want to, this isn't like a hundred percent. So you'd have to go read about it, but I read this somewhere that they were shouting, you know, racist remarks at uh, Stephen Kwan um, or I think, or someone in, in, on the guardians team. And so that's when Miles straw was like, okay, that's enough. And he jumped up on the, the, um, the wall, the outfield wall. And was like, he was like begging the Yankees fans. He said, he was saying, hit me, hit me. Like I dare you to hit me um, because that fan would have been banned for life. Um, and Miles Straw was just sticking up for his teammate. Like, that's a great teammate. Um, and, you know, the Guardians have surprised a lot of people this year. And I think Yankees fans in the past have been pretty, pretty shitty to, to some people and, um, and to, to opposing teams that roll into New York. And uh, it showed that. And it's just, you know, classless thing to do, throwing something at someone else. You wouldn't do that on the street. Like I wouldn't throw a beer can at, well, I wouldn't throw a beer can at a stranger. And, um, wow. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> um, you heard it here, here, you, you heard it here first folks, Tyler Prosek wants to throw a beer can at me on the street. No, I'm just saying like, if it's someone I know, like it's, I mean, you still shouldn't do that, but it's, it's whatever, but, but if it's, it's more just, acceptable, apparently, to yes. throw a beer can at me. If it's just if it's a stranger and you're just throwing a beer can at a, an opposing team, like you are a classless person. You have zero respect for the sport, and you paid to come and watch that guy, and then you're gonna throw beer and popcorn and hot dogs at this man. Like that's just such a joke. Like I don't care how drunk I am. I'm not going to throw a beer can at on the field. Like I'm just not that dumb. It's shout, just, out, um, shout out Looney dog nights at Rogers center. Facts. I'm, I'm pretty sure they sold like 17,000 hot dogs, something like that, but people love their wieners. This is true. I want to go for a Tuesday night game. I would love Looney dogs. My girlfriend can't eat the pork, so she wouldn't be able to eat the hot dogs. So I'm going to get like five and she'll get five and I'll just eat them all. I, I thought that you can. I thought they're beef hot dogs. She she doesn't trust it. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know what's in those hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? When I was a kid, I thought there was like rat meat in them or something. I don't know. It's weird. 
I was weird. I believed a lot of things when I was a child. Anyways, classless and shout out to Miles Straw for sticking up for his teammate, which is what I believe happened. But of course, nobody knows the dialogue that went on besides, you know, Miles Straw yelling at a fan to hit him in the face, which was badass. That was awesome. But um, anyways, yeah, classless and just ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's, you know, honestly, that's why beer prices are so high at stadiums is that you have to be an expensive prick in order to buy a lot of beer and get drunk at a baseball game. Yeah. Especially the Rogers Center. I don't know what it's like in Yankee Stadium. So the fact that those people felt that, you know, they needed to throw that those $15 cans of beer at MLB players for yeah. just existing is kind mm-hmm. of ridiculous. And it is. I'm not going to sit here and condone what happened in Toronto a couple of years ago because that was also stupid. At the Orioles, I believe it was. Yeah, and the well, no, it was the uh, it was the Russell Martin when he threw it off. And yeah, the yeah, famous... yeah, and they were throwing cans on the field. There was also, I think it was uh, Shin Shu Chu. I think they were fans were throwing stuff at him as well, which is just unacceptable. Yeah, and that was a Texas series, but um, I don't know. I think that personally, we got to we got to do better as fans, like for all sports, like when, when, when sports came back for the NBA, we saw all the popcorn being dumped on Kyrie during the playoffs and stuff like that. And I mean, you can go watch malice at the palace to know what happens when you throw a beer can at an NBA player, Yeah, you know, it doesn't end well. And I think that it's it's, classless. It's, it's just, it's just shitty because, you know, you know, if they do anything, like if, if straw got up there and threw a punch he's suspended yeah for a long time for a long long time when he's just trying to defend his teammate himself when they're getting absolutely berated with cans like you said popcorn i think i saw a couple hot dogs like yeah just random shit like i don't know don't do that it makes me like if i had a kid like i don't why would i take my kid to the ballpark if that's what's gonna happen where like people just yeah exactly yeah so it's like Fun, I'm not- fun fact. Sorry to cut you off. Fun fact. When I was at the Jays game against the Athletics uh, on Jackie Robinson Day, there was a kid behind me. And, oh, my God, his dad was sitting in front of me. And so this kid, w- I guess, was with his friends behind me. And I had a few drinks, so I was feeling pretty good. And I was like, <laughs> I-, I was enjoying the game. And every time Alejandro Kirk came up to bat, he would start yelling fatty. And he was a Jays fan. And I stood up and I was like, dude, like, stop. Like, what are you doing? Like, he, this I mean, fatty he, is making like $900,000 more than you. Like, stop talking. It I was mean, just ridiculous. He, he is the human meatball. That's my nickname for him. He is, he is a chonky boy. And I love the <laughs> chonky boy. But I'm not going to scream it in front of the whole stadium. Like, that's just mean. Like, I'm not going to yell that. Like, I was like, man, like, you're being, like, mean. Like, stop doing that. And his dad was just in front of me, just eating popcorn. I was like, bro, like, control your child. Um, It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but we should move on to our final topic. Yep. Because we don't want to make this episode too long. Uh, Next topic is Angels. Uh, Actually, good question mark. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. No, not me. Well, I mean, we, we kind of should have thought because they, they've always had like decent players, but they haven't been able to put it together. They they went out, got pitching, and it's helping. It is helping. Their team is like Mike Trout is being Mike Trout. I pray to the gods of baseball that Mike Trout plays a full season this year. Baseball is not the same without Mike Trout playing. Um, he is, in my mind, by the end of his career, and this is highly debatable, best player of all time. That might just be because I watch him like I can watch him and where I wouldn't have watched, you know, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, a lot of those, you know, great players. Those are just two that come to mind. Uh, Derek Jeter. I didn't really watch much of him until because I didn't start watching baseball until like 2012, 2013, maybe 2014. Um, But um, yeah, just Mike Trout. He's just unbelievable. Like Vladdy sure is a superstar. Mike Trout is a generational player. Like you don't find that every every week. And shout out to my friend Braden, who every time I mention 
the name Mike Trout, he says Randall Gritchick was drafted higher um, in the same draft. And I just laugh at him. He doesn't, he doesn't really follow baseball. He just says that all the time. And it's funny, but um, to put it in perspective. So we, we know, you know, Noah Syndergaard is, you know, a great pitcher. He's been playing well for, for, um, yeah, for the angels, which was smart on the, on the angels move in case, you know, his, he didn't return from Tommy John as well, but uh, Michael Lorenzen's pitching well uh, from what I can see here. Shohei has been striking out a lot of guys, but he's, you know, allowed quite a few runs to this point, nine runs and 19 innings. Um, but, you know, he's playing on both sides of the ball. So whatever, I don't, I don't care. He's who, also, who would have thought that the, the thing that every human being that watches baseball has been saying for years, which is get pitching, help out with the pitching. Yeah. When, when they finally did, now they're good. Like it's not, it wasn't rocket, rocket science. science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't and, know what they expected. Like, Shout out to former Blue Jay Ryan Tapera, who has five holds for the Angels. Um, and also former Blue Jay Aaron Loop is on the Angels, I'm pretty sure. Underrated relief pitcher Ryan Tapera. Yeah, for sure. No, Aaron had Loop's a good, had a great year for them, too. Had a good run with the Cubs after he left the Jays. Yeah, yeah. No, they, the, the Angels have just been playing well all around. Good pitching. Same as the Blue Jays. Good pitching. Deep, pretty good hitting. Well, not pretty good. Mike Trout. For for anyone listening, Mike Trout is hitting currently 352 with a 478 on base percentage and a 778 slugging percentage. And he already has a 1.4 war to start the year, which I, I imagine leads the league. Um he's just he's ridiculous. Yeah. Shout out Vlad though. He I'm pretty sure before he got injured, he was still hitting 333, which is like pretty sure fifth best in the in the MLB right now. So yeah. Yeah, little shout out to him. And he hasn't even hit his stride yet. Like that's a thing as well. Well, like, he's still getting warmed up. I feel like. I don't know. I think he's. He looked like he's pretty in the zone when he was playing, but. Yeah. Hopefully, in the next couple hours, we'll get the announcement that he's in the lineup for tonight's game. Yeah. When you're listening to this, because I'm gonna do a quick turnaround as soon as we're done this. I'm gonna take some cold medication because also apologies. You probably can hear I'm a little sick for this week's episode. Don't worry, it's not COVID. I've already been tested. Um, but yeah, we're gonna do some quick edits on this so you can hear this tonight. But yeah, I don't know. I just think that it's good that they're finally good. Like having a generational talent almost never make the playoffs is kind of sucky. Yeah. And I know that it would have been hard for them to miss the playoffs this year with the expanded playoffs, but still, like, yeah. I'm happy to see them off to a good start. Mm-hmm. No, me too, for sure. It's really, really good to see. Because every division in the American League, for their own reason, is going to be a dogfight. Yeah, like, for sure. The AL Central is going to be like a dogfight because it's like, oh, who is the not worst teams yeah, in that yeah. division? Yeah. Mine is the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And then the AL West is actually, you know, turning out to be a decent division right now with the Astros. The Oakland A's are playing pretty good right now. Obviously, the Angels, like we already talked about. So, yeah, for sure, it's it's exciting stuff, exciting baseball to start the year for sure. But with that being said, unless you have anything else uh, you want to do, I wanted to do a little fun thing before we go quickly, and it might replace a lot of our plug time, but that's fine. We'll do a quick plug time afterwards. Tyler, have you heard of this thing called? Wardle. Yes. You are gonna play Wardle. Oh, I have Ghana. I have I have Wardle open. I'm so bad at this. And we're gonna play it together. Okay. Spoiler for Wordle for um what April 29th, 2022. Do you remember how the game works? Yes, yes. So if there's a if I say there's a yellow in the category for age, that means he's within two years above or below that age. Oh, is this baseball Wordle? This is baseball Wordle. Oh, that's so it's, cool. It's Wordle. W-A-R-D-L-E. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So we'll start off. You have to start off by guessing a player's name. Actually, okay, I'll tell you the rules because obviously you don't know what the rules are. So like Wordle, green is a match. So I'll tell you what you oh get. This is cool. I'll also I'll tell you what you get correct. Okay. Uh, yellow is 
in the age column indicates two years within player's age. Yellow okay. in league slash division column means that they're either in the division or the correct league. So if you got AL East and then you get AL West and it's an AL West is not even yellow, that means that they're in the NL East. And then yellow in position means that the players played at least 10 games at that position last year. Okay. So are you ready? I'm going to share the screen with you. Okay, cool. So that it can also be a part of the recording. I'm going to expand it and then we'll get started. Do you have any other questions about the rules? No, I think, I think I'm good. And I, everyone listening at home, play along. And if you want to see um, what we're looking at right now, check out the YouTube version. I'll post this section up on YouTube eventually at some point, probably not today when you're listening to this, but maybe on by Monday, any hoosie, um, let's get started. What player name would you like to start with? Who would you like to enter in? Uh, let's start with, uh, Tim Anderson, Tim Anderson. Interesting pick. Okay. Tim Anderson we're putting in. So he is born in the United States. The player we're looking for, he does bat and throw right-handed. He's either in the AL central or the, or the easier in the AL or the, or the NL central. And he's within the age of between 26 and 30, but he's not a shortstop. Oh, okay. So who's your next pick? Um, I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. Let's go with uh, Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado is your next pick. Oh, yeah, here we go. Nolan Arenado. Uh, so it, it's not in the NL Central. He's within two years of 31. So that means that the range now could be 33 to 29. And he's not a third baseman, but he's like we already established. He does bat and throw right-handed and he is an American. Miles Straw. Miles Straw. Shout out to the earlier part of the... Oh, fuck. I messed that up. It's M-Y, I think. M-Y-L. Miles Straw of the Cleveland Guardians. Oh, not center field either, right? Not a center fielder within two years of 27. So I think you can kind of narrow down what age this player is. This is tough. And, And just a little hint. You already guessed the AL Central. It's not the AL Central. Guess another AL division team. I th- I thought if it's yellow, it means wrong team. Oh no 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 no. Oh, I see. Um. No teams uh, a whole another different category. So it's not NL Central. So I'm not. Um, bats right, throws right. United States. I'll help okay. you out. He's in. He's in the AL. He's in the AL. Yeah, because think about it. Because like I when I read you the, the instructions earlier, right, right. When you have a yellow thing in the league slash division category, it either means that you have the right um, league, but not the right division, or you have the right division, not the right league. What about so? Uh... So either either in the American League or American League West or American League East. Um. So he's not a center field either. So uh, also parting the garbage truck if you can hear it. No, it's okay. Brandon Marsh. Oh fuck! I'm gonna be so mad if it's just some random reliever. Oh, so okay. He's on, he, you got the right team. Oh, he's a lefty. I didn't know that. He is in the AL West. So you have an an angel, which is fitting. We just talked about the Angels. But it's that not isn't a, a, he's not a center fielder from the United States. That's right. That's right. Um, no, it won't be that one. Uh, Anthony Rendon. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to let you make that. Oh, pick, but... wait, 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 wait. No, he's not a third baseman. So um, who's their uh, shortstop? I think it's... Uh... Wait, but didn't I already guess a shortstop? Yeah, I did. So, oh, it's got to be a pitcher then, maybe? Could be. Won't be Shohei. Bet's left. Um, uh, thinking, thinking. Noah Syndergaard. Let's try that. 
is not Noah Syndergaard. Oh, he bats left, left as well. Apparently, but he got the right age. He is 29 years old, this person. 29. Can I bring up the roster? Is that not allowed? Mm, that's kind of like frowned upon. That's sketchy, yeah. It's kind of cheating. You're so uh, close. Just think. All righty. I didn't know he bat left either. I don't oh know. God. Also, I haven't even done it this this week yet. So, or today yet. So, I don't even know what the answer is. So I can't. Wait, can you? Him. So he's not a starting pitcher either. Um. Uh. No. Aaron Loop throws right. Um. I don't know how old Ryan Tapera is. Ryan uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. Right now, they don't usually do a lot of relievers unless they're closers. Okay. So um, I wouldn't guess reliever here. Who's? Uh. It's not Brandon Marsh. What's his name? Um. Did I say yeah? I said Brandon Marsh, right? Yeah, yeah, he was, I guess. Um, I, I no, I don't think Joe Adele is twenty nine. Oh my god, this is hard. Who's their? I don't know who their second baseman is. I also, I know. Don't forget, catcher is also a position. Oh yeah, Kurt Suzuki, but is he twenty nine? I don't know. Try okay. I would try. I'm pretty sure Kurt Suzuki's their catcher, right? Um, I honestly forget too who their catcher is. It's C U, I think. No, it's Kurt C U R T. I think. No, or not, not C either. K K U R T. I'm I'm stupid. K U. Yeah, there it is. Do you want me to double check that? For, I'll let I'll let you I'll let me double check for you that he's on the team if you want me to do that. I'm not. I'm pretty confident he's on the team. Pretty confident. Okay, because I don't even know if he's on the team, so I wouldn't fault you for that. Um. You got everything right, but he's 38, which I did not know, to be honest. And he's not a catcher, so you're whittling it down. I think – how many guesses have we done? Okay, I need to see their who their second baseman is because I that's my next that's guess. Che- come on, that's cheating. But I, I don't know his name, so I can't confidently say it. I'm, Two, I'll just look at roster. Three, four, five, six. You have six guesses. I'm pretty sure you only get eight, so you have two guesses left. Uh I don't even know who that is, but he's. This is ridiculous. This is so hard. Okay. Imagine how, hard, imagine how hard it would have been like a couple days ago I did it, and it was a shortstop that played for the Dodgers that wasn't Fernando Tatis. Okay, this is like the only person it could be, which I would never have gotten this. Try Archie Bradley. Oh, I know Archie Bradley. That's not an obscure name. There you go. You got it correct after That's, cheating. Congratulations. Well, yeah, he's the only other 29. I would have never gotten that because I would have never guessed a relief pitcher. Way to go. You cheated. Anyways. On that team. Good, hey. good job, though. You you got it narrowed down. So, you know, congratulations there. Thank you. Um, and now we can start plug time. We'll make it a quick plug time this time. Maybe, right. maybe we'll do this every once in a while or maybe when you host next time, you'll pull up Wordle and then Maybe you'll make turn. me yeah why here. not do that do that weekly that sounds good all right sounds good we'll put our baseball knowledge to the test yeah um, get the brains moving okay tyler so plug time for yourself what do you got to plug yes sir uh like like always you can follow me on twitter at process tyler piero cyk tyler uh instagram as well t Prostic underscore otl updates uh personal fun stuff updates you know i'm a, I'm a fun guy i'm a fun guy i'm like Kawhi. You can follow me and find out what I'm doing this summer. Um, <laughs> there will be a Blue Jays April month in review preview coming out done by yours truly, Curtis Martin. Um, and Wait, when uh, you say yours truly, doesn't it usually mean yourself? Or I, that's, I don't yeah, know. When you, say yours, when, you say, when you say yours truly, it's supposed to be yourself. There was, there was a word that I was thinking of, but anyways, it's fine. I'm tired. Curtis Martin will be doing that. And, uh, you know, Curtis is going to do a good job because he always does a good job. I'm going to write And then uh, Matt, sounds good. Matt Petitchney is back with the baseball section. He's going to be writing an Alec Manoa uh, rising star kind of thing article, and that'll be coming out uh, probably the first week in May. So check that out as well. Um, and yeah, the NHL playoffs are rolling, rolling around as well. So previews for that going to be coming out soon as well. Um, I assume Robert and the football section are going to have some sort of draft articles. Um, I know Matt, uh, T released one this past week. 
Um, so lots of stuff with OTL and uh, check it all out and all the podcasts, check them all out too. Uh, yeah, just I'll remind it again. Um, beginning of May, so in a week or so, uh, the soccer podcast, OTLFC, which is what it's called, will be debuting. Um, really excited for that. I'm producing the show, so make sure to go give that some love. Uh, under the same vein, and the second round of the NBA playoffs will be starting in a couple of days. And we're going to have articles up for that as well on OTL. So make sure to go check that out. Um, other than that, you can always find me on Twitter at cmartin387. You can find me on Instagram at cmartin2292. I have my photography account, like I always been plugging the last couple a little bit, um, which is cmartin, or sorry, Curtis Martin Photography. I'm also brain dead right now. Um, but yeah. Also, I did want to say before we uh, before we go, shout out to the Rogers Center for giving us reusable cups that you can get free drinks and popcorn in through the whole season for people like me who go 20 times a year. It's a great deal. 10 bucks for popcorn for a whole season. Um, Rogers overlords, you're making me happy. I appreciate it. And with that being said, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I want to remind all of you to like and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check us out on social media at OTL Sports CA on Twitter and Instagram. Also check out our YouTube page, Overline Sports Entertainment, where you can see segments like the Wordle guests that Tyler just did. They'll be up there soon. And go check out our latest articles on www.overlinesportsca. And that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Catch you around on the flip flop. I think